the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 710 KNUS. I'm Peter Boyles on a Saturday morning waiting for that that put-together, the, the group-together of Boss Radio to kick in. Cousin Louie's got to con. It's a Saturday morning, September the 16th, 2023. I'm Peter Boyle. 77 will be the high today, 83 on Sunday, and on Monday, 82. Louie, want to try it again, see if we can make it work before we go back to the guest. See if it kicks. Los Angeles. Nine o'clock in Los Angeles. I see your sunburn too. Good morning. My face is a bright red today, and I found out if you can stick my finger in my ear, you can use my head as a nightlight. But I like to get to know you. Here I am, the noon buffoon at 12 o'clock. It's my anniversary today. I've often described our marriage as a game of cards. We started off with a pair. I showed a diamond, she showed a flush. There was a big shuffle, and we wound up with a full house. Boss Radio maintaining our heavyweight cool 24 hours a day for your listen enjoyment because you're looking good, baby. Yeah, yeah, Jay Jet Set Tie right here with the Real Don Steel Show, minutes away from that brand new exclusive on Boss Radio from the Monkeys. Down at 5.15 here with the Real Dodge Deal Show. Get set to join the Jet Set with your choice of dream trip from Boss Radio. All the Boss lines are now open, and I'll take the fifth call. All number five, Boss Radio, KHJ. Wow. Morning, everybody, on a Saturday. Uh, we are doing, I love shows like this, talking about radio and radio was and where we stand today and listening to the legends speak. And ladies and gentlemen, I thank uh, Cousin, again, as great producer, Cousin Louie finds Woody, and his last name is spelled G-O-U-L-A-R-T, Golart. He's written about this, about Boss Radio, Boss Radio Forever. Kind enough to stay with us into the second hour. Uh, even though I heard that, you know, that, that put together, the Louie put together for the show, you still get you still get chills when you hear those guys' voices and you hear them back sell those tunes or intro those tunes. What a time. Uh, thanks again for the second hour, man. Thanks for doing the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Well, I promised a story. I will publicly here claim responsibility for bringing a curse upon the Los Angeles radio station known as KIQQ, K100 in Hollywood. There was a song. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's... Uh, Stairway to Heaven. No one's heard of that song. Anyway, yes, they have. It was the most requested song on FM radio in 1971. So I came to work in L.A., and I was really good at production. I still am. But And they hired me, and they said, Woody, we need you to cut out guitar solo Mm -hmm. from Stairway to Heaven. I said, what? And they said, yes. Jimmy Page has a guitar solo on Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. Can you edit that out so no one would miss it? And I said, (laughs) yeah, no one's going to miss it. So I did. I chopped it. The original length, I think, is eight minutes, 7.55. 
So they said, cut out Jimmy Page's guitar solo from Stairway to Heaven because why? Why? It's too heavy. Mm-hmm. That was the phrase, too heavy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Weighs 800 pounds? No. I don't know. It was so heavy. anyway, it was heavy. I, did that. I was only following orders. I am ashamed, ashamed, ashamed that I butchered Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. And when you heard it on K100, it was <laughs> it was missing the Jimmy Page guitar solo. So I believe that so angered the gods of radio karma, and I'm talking about KR, uh, K, mm-hmm. no, it's not, not a radio station, it's a, it's a philosophy. I believe the gods were angry at Woody for cutting the Jimmy Page guitar solo out of Stairway to Heaven. And so the ratings on the station sank like a rock in the Pacific Ocean or pick some other other body of water. Lake Mead, let's say, <laughs> sunk like a rock in Lake Mead. And every radio station, every format, the station changed call letters. I don't know, 600 times <laughs> since, oh, yeah. and they all failed. Why? Because the karma that I brought on that 100.7 FM frequency <laughs> in Los Angeles is because of cutting out the guitar solo. From, the, cur- uh, the, cur- the curse of the Bambino. That's you, right. you put it on. <laughs> um, one of the best songs ever recorded in rock and roll. Why, why, why did, did I do that? Did, I, wanted, did, I wanted to keep my job. Well, of course. <laughs> Come on. But have you ever read a book and you're entitled Hit Men? Have you read Hit Men? No. That's another one. Um, uh, and prior to the arrival, and I, I suspect I wonder, uh, because... There were hit-making cities, and there there were Cleveland, you know, Pittsburgh, Detroit, industrial, uh, where there was crossover, black-white crossover, and they were known as hit-making cities. But if you could get a hit there, then it would go to New York or would go to go go to you know Miami, and of course we know now how much the mob influenced all of that, and the payola plugola stuff that you had talked about earlier. And I wonder how much of that filtered into, if it filtered in at all, into boss radio, into, you know, really hard charging top 40. And again, that and the idea, and I want you to speak to it again, is you had to have short records. And yeah. and uh, I, I would be, when I, when I did it, when I was a country disc jockey, and we'd have jock meetings that I told you I used to look forward to them, and uh, we'd be in a room, and they dropped the, dropped the needle. Where does anybody say drop the needle anymore? But there were people that you were just going to put into the rotation. They were just going to be played. Dolly Parton, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson. They were, but then there were these people that had, you had never heard from. So you would, the jocks would, would vote, you know, and they'd drop the needle. And what do you think? And you like it, you don't like it kind of a thing. But I'm gonna. So there's about 15 questions in there. But do you think that uh, the payoff guys uh, got involved in Boss Radio like they did, really in the 50s? 
No, I would say no, because, you know, you have to think back. What was popular in the in the world of music in those days? And these were, you know, some of these names are still around. The Rolling Stones, Cher, Brian Wilson, uh, Beatles. I mean, come on. So those songs in 1965, 1966, 1967, those songs from those really top artists were popular. Yes, they were on radio and they didn't have MTV in those days. There were no music videos as we now have. So, you know, but I think the quality of that music has never, ever been matched in all the 50 or 60 years since that time. So no, no Paola on KHJ in 1965. Bob would tell me stories, and this is in Detroit. Detroit's a hit-making city. It's also a mobbed-up city. It has all the problems that go with it. But he said they would come, they, the representatives, maybe that's a good word to use, but they would come, and, and I was telling Louie about it, and they'd say, hey, Bob, or whomever the jocks were, and there was a bunch of different guys, hey, give me your car keys. And they said, this is how some of this worked. And you'd throw the record representative of your car keys. And then when your shift was over, there'd be four new tires on your car, and you'd look in the ashtray, there'd be a roll of money, uh, maybe, as they said, a coat for your old lady in the back seat. And and they were they they, they and they were organized crime guys who were directly connected and they were running Top 40 radio. Now, mind you, as you point out, this is like 1955, 56. But if you got a hit, a highlight of my life, and although I never met him, was I, I got to interview Dick Clark. And Dick Clark wrote a book called Rock, Roll, and Remember, which I think is it's a really, you know, I think he's very honest about it. And, and you know, they were, Dick Clark knew better than to take, like, Alan Freed did, and but they took stock in companies, and they, and they had record labels that they had. The, did the Boss Jocks ever get that far into doing any of that stuff? What uh, What do you mean that stuff? Well, they Clark was really smart. His wife's very smart too. His ex-wife was very smart, and you know they they created that whole Philly sound with Fabian and. You know, all, all these young, great-looking ethnic kids that probably couldn't carry a note, you know, but but they'd put them on TV, and they had the power uh, to sell records, to, to to move product, as they said at the time. And, yeah. And, and talk talk to that if you would. Well, the people that were the uh, the boss jocks uh, that was what they were called these uh, announcers air personalities. The real Don Steele was on in the afternoon. Robert W. Morgan was on in the morning. And there are others. There are like seven, the magnificent seven boss jocks that started in 1965. And they didn't all carry forward. But Steele and Morgan did carry forward over the years, over the decades. And after the format was no longer popular, Morgan and Steele were still popular. And so they would do public appearances. They, you know, you can see 
Don Steele in movies today, if you go to imdb.com and run a search on the real Don Steele, you'll see he was in several movies. And he was a pretty good actor. Mm -hmm. He was born in Hollywood. So these people didn't need trickery. They didn't okay. need yeah. they, they didn't need crime, illegal bribes and whatnot. They were just they were the transmitters of the culture. And people loved them. Um, they may not have been fun to be with in real life. Mm -hmm. oh. I mean, Steele <laughs> was a joy to be with. Morgan, not so much. And in my book, I have details about how Morgan was like the angriest man. Black, Ron Jacobs would qualify as the angriest man I ever met. Um, all these people are dead now, you know, so... Do we talk about the dead disrespectfully? Uh, you tell the truth. In history, you tell the truth. All right. Well, the truth is, Steele was a joy. He was uh, he was like from another dimension, man. He, <laughs> he was mm. something else. Um, Ron Jacob, not so much. Mm. Very angry. He was born in Hawaii. He died there. He was very, very angry. He wanted credit for creating Boss Radio, yeah. and nobody would give it to him. And so he went off into, you know, years, decades of tirades. And I got to know him better than anyone else associated with Boss Radio. With my luck, I met this guy in person once, only once in San Diego, and then over the next uh, decade or so, we interacted on telephone, uh, email. He was in Hawaii. I was in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a very interesting character. So in my book, there's more about him and why he was so important. But the most angry man I ever met, Ron Jacobs. Thank you very much. Thank you. I I have this theory um, about, and when, like I said, when I got into the business and started to really be around the, the local Denver legends and met a lot of, you know, meet national guys when they came through. But they were creative geniuses. These guys were like, you know, they were absolutely brilliant. And they could go, you know, they created a four-hour radio show. And, yeah. they, and they did it five days a week. And, you know, I, I've kind of learned the art. The, it's an art form. But... Uh, I would watch them, you know, and and I was I'd be as a kid trying to get into business, and I had a foot in the door. But you watch the really good guys work. Damn, they were good. I mean, they, well, the quality the quality of their voice voices is not what we have today. Not today, at all. We, what I would consider are squeaky voices, male and female, but men typically have deeper voices. So if you have a squeaky voice and you're a guy, then well, <laughs> something is really, really wrong. But squeaky women's voices are easy because women's voices are higher. And I don't mean to disparage. Mm. I, I find the people that are on the radio nowadays just should not be on the radio. But what, what's happened is um, I call it, oh, you used to be. And the other part of it, too, is Radio is now angertainment. It's become angry white guy radio, and yeah. I mean, just and they've killed they've killed it by being so. 
um, angry white guy radio. I'm just so over it. And it's really kind of emerged in the last three years. But if you go back and just playing those cuts that you were playing, my mentor, Bob Lee, he knew Casey Kasem. Uh, they grew up together in Detroit, went to went to college together. Casey did American Top Forty. What what do you what do you do with Casey Kasem? Well, he was a very exceptionally good voice, uh, and, and someone who deserves to be remembered as a genius. He, uh, you know, not only had an excellent delivery, but he had a, a mind like a steel yep. trap. Yep. Writers, but he this guy knew things remembered things and when you heard his voice on american top 40 you trusted him because he sounded credible he sounded passionate nowadays i think many of the entertainment uh disc jockeys were the, the phrase is inaccurate but people that are announcers on the radio music radio are not passionate they you know and now you have ai announcers so come on Stanley Kubrick was correct. Technology will kill no. the human species. I'm sorry to get so no. elitist here, but I believe that. And you have AI radio announcers. Come on. Yeah. Open the pod bay doors. Hell. Yeah. I know. I, Bob, and again, I go back to those guys that would sit around and tell stories. You know, tell radio, and I love radio stories, and they would tell them. And, um, he, they they told me about when and this is how rotten the old broadcasters did, and it was this is prior to you know the the advent of Boss Radio, but it was still top forty. And um, Bob told me they had this jingle package for this guy. The jock's name was Mike Melody, and that, is that a great on air name, Mike Melody? He said, <laughs> but they had the jingle package, but. And I'm going to try to do the voice because I learned it from them. But Mike Melody could talk like this. And they had, Bob said there were three different Mike Melodies. But <laughs> they, they would fire Mike Melody, but they kept the jingle package and, and hit the program director because I want you to talk about PDs and music directors. But they would bring in the next guy that could talk like this, and he became Mike Melody. Yeah. And... Well, talk, talk about music directors during the time of, of Boss Radio. Well, I first want to compliment you on that voice. That's uh, <laughs> that's amazing. We used to call that when I was in college. Puke. Well, yeah, no, we called it epiglottal slide. Yeah. And, you know, the epiglottis is a part of the throat, larynx or whatever. I don't know. But that's what we called it when the announcers would stretch their voice and talk like this. Well, yeah, they, man, they could lay it down. Talk radio is here. Mounds right of in. sounds and wax to watch another discovery. Um, <laughs> and why? Why was that popular? We have no idea why. But your question was music directors. Um, people selected the songs to play uh, in the movie. I'm sorry, the record companies were. Uh, they would send people out who were uh, promo people as we knew them and they would they would bring around new records that had not yet been heard i remember working at k100 and uh the jan basham from AM records yeah. wonderful wonderful person one of the few women in uh the record industry the promotion of music in those days 
she's no longer living either. But she came around with this uh, Captain and Tennille, and it's like, what? Who, who, who are these people? And there was wonderful stuff, you know. Love will keep us together. Neil Sadak. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so people like Jan Basham would go around to the radio stations and they would bring music and they say, you know, we have this from Captain and Tennille. And they would only rec- represent their label. So, you know, and Herb Alpert was the owner of mm. records, but you never really played Herb Alpert music. Uh, somehow he lived, he's still alive, he's near 100 years old, and his music is now considered jazz. Can you believe it? I do. Uh, yeah, and I like, I always like, I love jazz. My favorite musical artist is Ella Fitzgerald. There you go. Uh, nobody, I think ever gotten as good as Ella Fitzgerald in terms of musicianship, singing, etc. Anyway, people would go around from the record companies and promote the songs. Did they put marijuana in your pocket? No. Absolutely. No. <laughs> I wasn't there to receive it, so I don't know, but I never heard. There was a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol, a lot of alcoholism. <laughs> You know, in fact, that was one of the strangest things about the Boss Radio stories. Ron Jacobs told me they used to call them, are you ready, Winky Poos. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what, Winky Poos? They didn't want to say, let's have a, a, a highball or let's have a, you know, what is it, shaken, not stirred. What does James Bond drink? That's it, martinis. Yeah. Martinis, that's right. They would say, let's go and have Winky Poos. With the guys, and it's like, okay, winky poos. These are grown men talking like babies. <laughs> I'll have a winky poo, please, and another, please. Mm. I'll have a winky poo. Uh, anyway, they a lot of people got very ill because of alcohol, and it was it was how they how they helped cope with a very very stressful. Oh, life. You never knew. I mean, that's when uh, back the the. Um captain and Tennille. So I'm working in my first job and they were, they were, they were in, they had a Volkswagen bus that today they're worth fortunes and they were going around radio stations and they were putting themselves over. She was Tony Tennille and he was captain keyboards and he had, he was the beach boys dubbed him the captain because of he played, he was, you know, and they came in a radio station. They were selling themselves. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, man, I, I mean, she was wonderful. And he was kind of a withdrawn guy. But she put him over, man. She said, uh, you know, he was he's Captain Keyboards from played on the Beach Boys tunes. And the guy could play his flat could play. And, yeah. And uh, and but that but to 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 their I mean, they went around, knocked on doors. And I thought, wow, because. And they and made it and and did great. Um, there were music directors were really interesting guys, and they they had to put music directors in because of disc jockeys being on the take. And so they had one guy, and he would be the the music director, and he would be the clearinghouse for the the the, the labels. And I always wondered when you hit something like. What you did in L.A. where a ratings point would probably worth – we don't care about ratings anymore or they don't, you know, they don't much care. But 
where a ratings point would be worth a million dollars in advertising to, a, yeah. to a, I mean, so I, I, I'm going to take a pause here because I just got the heads up and this is a lengthy answer to this, but pick that up because, you know, if you could pull a number and ratings were everything and they got delivered four times a year and people lost their jobs. And so you can see where, you know, that that business, that cowboying part of the business that, you know, you're going to be out on your ear or, you know, they were they were going to love you. But either way, it was going to be numbers. Hang on. If, uh, Lou, would you put them on hold? Um, this guy's really a gift. His name is Woody and last name is spelled G-O-U-L-A-R-T. We're talking about remembering boss radio. Uh, Danny Kaplan's law firm believed to be the only lawyer Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts in motor vehicle crash cases. The guys who work on the job with Dan, men and women, young attorneys, and guys that have been on the job for a while, the firm's history of seven and eight figure settlements and verdicts that speak for themselves. There's a firm where good people from all walks of life without regard to ability to pay receive the level of legal representation that only the rich and powerful enjoy. Let Dan be your guy. Danny believes that talks cheap and experience counts and results matter, and the firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts and out-of-court settlements. Danny's the guy, my friend, believes that who you hire says so much about you, and they suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. The firm believes that Core values have been the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, dedication to the right causes. He's my guy. If you need help, he helped our family. 303-770-5551. A question will get answered. 303-770-5551. DanCaplisLaw.com. C-A-P-L-I-S. CaplisLaw.com. 77 will be the high. It's not ever going to get it. Any better than that in radio, the legendary Charlie Tuna. Saturday morning, September the 16th, 2023. I'm Peter Boyles. 77 will be our high today, 83 on Sunday. And this guy's the reason we're doing all of this. I'm so drawn to this kind of history. And Robert Goulart is our guest who has done history text on it. How about that cut, brother man? What do you think of that? Well, it's not Robert, it's Woody. But, uh, I said what I say when I'm sorry, yeah. apologize. That, but that that cut of Charlie Tuna. I know, I know. I have I have a lot of uh, recordings of from that era, from late '60s, early '70s, mid '70s, and there is nothing like it today. Um, the one thing that has continued, though, and I will give you this as a sort of a take-home gift, <laughs> if you will. There, uh, a Canadian named Joni Mitchell, famous singer-songwriter, still living, uh, came up with the phrase star maker machinery mm-hmm. one of her songs years and years ago. So star maker machinery, what does that mean? All right. Radio. Yeah. It's radio. Machinery, though, is the operative word in that phrase. It's a it's a system that just keeps on, you know, the hits just keep on coming. Uh-huh. The machine keeps on cranking out stars. Mm-hmm. And it was in those days about music 
the, the 60s, Boss Radio, mid-60s, Hollywood. In the 70s, we had FM radio. It's still music. But nowadays, fast forward, how many, what, 50 years later? And the star maker machinery isn't just music anymore. And I don't think people today would even use that phrase. But we have people like Donald Trump who became a star in the sense of media celebrity in the same way as Cher became a star. Can you imagine anyone would ever say this on the radio? Cher is similar to Donald Trump. Oh, no, no, but absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think that's just American culture. I don't know if I could find a strong enough word. It probably would be blipped out if I said the Mm -hmm. word. But American culture has a lot of uh, a lot of holes like Swiss cheese. But that's but that was the point. Now that was the point of it was when when Bob we've I was talking when KLZ AM KLZ FM, and here's Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix and. This is anti-war, and the um, guy who's the guy who I will not mention. Well, uh, he did the morning show on the AM, and he started every morning show playing the national anthem and standing at attention in front of the console, one floor up. <laughs> These guys are, the, the, you know, the stories can go on forever. And I knew a lot of those. I knew both on both sides. But I think when AM, when top, when AM radio could not, well, could not play those songs or would not play those songs, I think a lot of that changes the culture and is, and changes what is, what is about to happen. Do you, do you think, what do you think that's fair? Um, That FM radio changed the the culture? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And the one thing, you know, you mentioned the length of a song in the in the sixties would have been three and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh way to have in the seven minutes fifty something seconds. The Beatles Hey Jude was also morally mm-hmm. long. Those kinds of things don't happen or didn't happen on AM radio because mm-hmm. they just did not. But FM, yes. And then FM had longer. You would someone. I remember uh, Elton John's album came out. Um, I'm trying to think which one. It was in Los Angeles uh, in the seventies, and they played the entire album on an FM station. Sure. And they had no interruptions. It just Elton John, Elton John, Elton John. You never ever would have heard that on AM radio. Uh, and, you know, so AM today is uh, talk and news and religion and uh, and so forth. Um, but we don't need radio. I mean, sadly, the, tr- the cultural transmission of today is online and mm-hmm. it's on your phone, my phone, everyone's phone. We have iTunes. We have, you know, all this stuff comes to us. The phones today are like transistor radios were in the 60s. It was like you'd carry around this little thing in the palm of your hand and music comes out of it. Well, mm-hmm. we have that today, except it has a computer, it has a camera, it has a phone. 
you know, if you'd said in those days, well, someday you'll have a thing you could hold in your hand that'll take a picture, make a phone call, play the latest songs, they would say, well, you must be talking about yeah. science fiction. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. But, it, but you're perfect. I mean, what is perfect? What you just said. And and I'm I'm watching it. And I mean, if you we were talking with my boss and I yesterday in his office and we were saying, I could not have imagined 35 years ago that I, you know, because I've been doing morning shows a long time without having a newspaper in my hands. Yeah. There's no, there's no newspapers. Um, I, and I'm not, and it used to be snobby to say it, but I don't watch the, the evening news, especially the local evening news. And I used to watch it. And um, we would run home to see Walter Cronkite tell the truth. Yes, yes. And, you know, I don't watch anything right now. And and that I, I see, but radio, and, and I guess when it begins, and this is what you're really doing, there was a time. And when you play these, I mean, all these people are sending us nice messages. But the radio revolution, maybe you can call it that. That begins with, you know, when Jack Benny has his radio show, but those goes to television. What are you going to do to free to, to fill the hole? Yes. Yeah. And what happened? And the, and the thing that most people today would probably say, no, 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 you're making this up. Radio was to sell radios. You bet. In the 1920s. This is in New York. But that is why, you know, you would have this people would talk on the street. Hey, have you heard this thing called radio? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you would buy this uh, device, and it was bigger than a refrigerator of today. Mm-hmm. You put it in your living room, and people would sit around, and they'd turn it on, and they would hear, like you said, Jack Benny. They would hear Bing Crosby. These are names people today are like, what? Who are these people? But that's what radio was for. It was to sell radio. Television was to sell television. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, and it isn't the same anymore. Now it's all about culture, and it's all about the tribes that we have. We are tribal. Yes. And, and I don't know if that, <laughs> if there's progress, I don't know. No, I, I, the country is, um, there's probably nine or 10 nations in that are the United States of America. And radio has, AM in particular is tribal. Uh, FM, it's hard to know. Uh, because the FM the FM guys are experiencing the same thing that the AM guys experienced about a decade ago, and um, I got some great friends that are you know jocks FM jocks, and we, we talk about it. And from the eighties onward, and and again all these different formats that show up, and as you talked about. Sometimes they call them platforms or delivery systems. You hear all these these words, these, uh, you know, use these words in advertising meetings. But indeed, Woody, it's, you're, you're spot on. It changed everything. Yeah. And then technology is driving everything. Yeah. The most, I think the most radical change, and I am not going to say the Internet, the most radical change was satellites. Uh, yep. they're, uh, they're in orbit. They're called geosynchronous, mm-hmm. which means they hover in the same relative position 
to the surface of the earth and you can send signals up there yep. and get you could be live from denver yep. you could be live in tokyo and i can't yep. do the in my head the number of hours but it's 12 or more maybe 16 mm-hmm. hours you can be live in tokyo from denver because of satellites and that changed everything uh yes television too television would change because of satellites, and now we have all news TV, we have talk TV, satellites made it possible. So the internet came along later, and then the internet made different changes, but I think the biggest of all changes was satellites in orbit of the Earth, um, allowing live transmission around the world. Who, if we think about major players, a significant people that could change the culture. Who, 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 who do you put on that list? Well, if I use satellite example, the first live broadcast, it was on television from England. The Beatles did um, All You Need Is Love. Mm-hmm. We're gone. I think Telstar, can you believe I remember oh, no, that? No, I do remember Telstar. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, transmission of culture live from London, that wasn't even possible. You had radio in the World War II, and yes, you could do live radio, but the time difference between London and New York was significant, is significant, difference to Denver or Las Vegas from London. So I would say the Beatles especially, uh, there are people who used radio, not music, like the Beatles, but used radio. They owned companies, and many of them were in Colorado. I'm not sure why, but um, I don't know. So there are companies that became legendary for um, Jones is one of them. I know. I, I, I knew Glenn really well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so those are the people that took advantage of satellite technology. We don't even use the word satellite too much today. And, you know, I would say technology has changed so much that humans have put this thing called the James Webb Space Telescope. Yes. yes. It is one million miles away. Yes. And it's not in geosynchronous orbit. It orbits the sun, not the Earth. And, but it's a million miles away. And how did human beings get that device out there? Device. It's bigger than a bus. It's three stories tall. That is like, you know, they could destroy the earth tomorrow and that thing would still be out there. Somebody someday would find it and they would say, why did they put this bus in orbit of the sun? You know, (laughs) I love your mindset. I mean, it's it's um, it's the you know, what, what the great Carl Sagan said, what more do you need? Let me throw you on hold and we'll wrap this. 710K, and you asked Lou if you'd put him on hold. 77 will be the high today, motorcycle day, Twin Aspen Dental Center, focused on offering comprehensive family dental care, from semi-annual cleanings and checkups to same-day crowns and dental implants and dentures and Invisalign clear and their aligners. Doctors Richter and Snyder, uh, been mine, man, <laughs> like on, on my mouth. Incredible team able to address all your family dental needs under one roof. They offer everybody, patients, emergency dental uh, services if something happens and you need a dentist as we speak. 
whether it involves trauma to your tooth or an accident or you're dealing with painful dental abscesses, that team will be there for you professionally and promptly to deliver exceptional care. They've done it for me. So for your convenience, they accept most dental insurance plans. They even offer reduced fee dental membership plans that allow individuals and families to receive preventative care in addition to quality dental treatment at very reduced prices. These are both great dentists, and the staff works for these guys the best. Take the first step uh, towards keeping your great smile and getting a better smile. TwinAspenDentalCenter.com and find out more, all the other services and plans of what they can do. TwinAspenDental.com. 303-841-7466, 303-841-7466. The correct number, do not wait, 303-841-7466, TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. You know, it's Robert W. Morgan talking about getting suntan and getting a cigarette lighter. (laughs) I thought that's just perfect to talk about. Uh, Woody Goulart is our guest. He's written about remembering Boss Radio. Think of those two products. He's selling selling a a way to light your cigarettes and then how to get a tan. Um, Neither neither one of those are supposed to would work. Well, perhaps they would work today. And you knew him as well. We're coming up on time. I got to tell you something. This has been the best couple hours in a long time, man. Thanking you in advance. But how about the products he's selling just in those drops? Well, and people, uh, a lot of those people who are on the air, Morgan Steele, um, Bill Drake, and so forth, they died of lung cancer uh, years later because they were heavy smokers. They were out in the sunny sunshine of Southern California, and they, you know, they got cancer. So that's the price of, I don't know, I can't finish the sentence. No, but we we had the rule, you dump the ashtray at the end of your shift. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. It was like... You know, and today, you know, every once when I walk in the studio and they're going, man, who taught these people? But, oh, you could, you really be in, you pulled the other guy's record, his open, you pulled his carts for him, you did his hour, you you know, you flipped his log page, had it all set up for him, and somebody did it for you. When you walked in and sat down, you know, your your hot open was there, your jingle package guy was there, his first spot load was there, and um, that's the stuff. But I thought that would be a great last cut. They're selling; he's buying cigarette lighters or selling cigarette lighters, and getting getting a tan. That's, <laughs> That's beautiful. Orange yeah. juice, which yeah. is high fructose uh, corn syrup. Hey, we're coming up on time. Leave us with, with something. I mean, what you would like to say about all of that time period of Boss Radio, and I mean, it's a half a century ago. Yeah, I'm. I am really surprised honestly no no kidding i'm surprised people still talk about this um i don't think about the 60s all that much (laughs) you know uh i don't live in the past but i'm 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 happy to talk about that it was a wonderful time it was great um, i do have a website where everything comes together plug it real quick because we're coming up on time all right vegaswoody.com that's vegas Woody.com. You'll link to my book. 
and other things, my new podcast, not the okay. new, right. you know, around since 2021. We but will... I thank you, Peter. This was so much fun today. Thank well, you. It was me. great for me. We'll do it again. Well, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great rest of your weekend. Uh, that is it. Cousin Louie, you put together a show. Thanks to Dick Wadhams. It is showtime. I'll see you going get on a motorcycle. I'll see you the next time, next Saturday. Actually, if we pull off the shoot, somebody we're going to ask to do the shoot with us. Louie, it's all yours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.